welcome back. I'm Jojo Fraser. It's time for our Mojo Injection, episode 66. I hope you're well. I am great. I'm uh, recording this a different age now. I had a birthday and um, had a fabulous time doing things that make me really happy. Intrinsic joy in a shot and I milked it because I just love celebrating a birthday and I love being with people I love and embracing nature, trying to be mindful. I'm a work in progress. Um, but I did my annual blog on mommyjojo.com about what being um, another age, what, what a new birthday has taught me and sort of reflecting over lessons in the past year and had a, a lovely response from that. And I, I really hope it keeps helping people. A lot of the themes from the article this year were all I've learned through my mindful um, practice, training a lot more and mindfulness and just reading a lot more and being encouraged to be more present less driven by my ego, um, less out of my, um, less in my head, so not being ruled by anxiety and fear, and and it's perfect timing for this episode because there's a great statement all about um, we we can live in fear or we can live in faith, Um, I, I find that really interesting actually. My guest, the Third Eye Doctor, um, Hazir Al-Hakim, um, he's an author, a speaker, a surgeon and a coach and what an interesting life but he helps busy professionals keep pace, um, escape from burnout and rediscover a love for life and he loves the word mojo so I was buzzing. Um, really interesting story actually and I'm, I'm really grateful to, um, you know, I mean, he was really, he was really honest and raw, and that, that to me, um, you know, speaks volume. It, it really, that's where the magic happens when we take the mask off. And he was saying when he, when he wrote his book, he, he wrote it in fear, and that was quite interesting because I, I think I mostly wrote my book in faith, um, but we all still hear those voices of fear that things are going to go wrong and people are going to judge us and all these, you know, that comes from the ego and that can really act as a poison and hold us back from living a truly real happy life, a life that we love, a life that we're doing things on kind of um, passion and purpose and not out of, um, you know, a status and how we're going to look. It's, it's just pure intrinsic joy in a shot and that is what I'm all about and I want you guys I want to encourage you guys to be all about that too because we feel lighter you know we see we sense in our shoulders we're lighter we're happier we've got more peace joy in our love less judgment less of the heavy energies um so Hadir he really brought it today and I'm really delighted to share this with you you can tune into his content on the thirdeyedoctor.co.uk um and yeah i just want to say thank you hadir and guys listen with an open mind um listen and you will get what you need to hear we all have to hear different things we all listen through our own private life lens but what helps me is to not overthink it not be too much in my head but just be in my heart and in my body and that special little place where we get clarity um, so enjoy and thank you so much for being here. And can I just say the song he picked at the end? Oh my days! Hashtag blushing. Um, but you know I like a challenge, and he likes a laugh, and he likes to take the piss out of himself. So I like to take the piss out of myself. Um, and yeah, that's what we do. Um, so thank you guys. Mm, oh my love. Ish. 
Okay, I think we're recording. Hi, Darren, the Third Eye Doctor. Hello, Jojo. How are you today? I'm I'm really well. I'm I've just I'm going through my second coffee, so I'm kind of buzzing. So I'm calming myself down. Boop boop boop, buzzing, and I'm on the water. How boring. Wow. Definitely boring. No, I, you know, it's, it's good to be on the water. But, uh, you know, sometimes you owe it to other people to be buzzing because that's what they expect from you. Yeah, and if coffee, I, coffee always gives me a buzz. You know, when I used to work in the agency, I had my friend Colin and we'd go at three o'clock to get a latte when we were starting to feel a bit, but we'd get like a triple shot and we were oh. buzzing. We were like, woo! So um, I'm excited for your chat. So you're an author, you're a yeah. coach, you yeah. are a speaker, and you're also a surgeon. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. All of the above. Wow. Honest what, gov. I've, I've done it all. What do you prefer <laughs> out of all of the titles? Which is which your favorite? I think it's between author and speaker. Um, yeah. Because I love to write and I love to talk. And I think I like doing both. Um but you know being a surgeon is great because you 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 make such a significant impact on people's lives plus i'm a bit of a narcissist as well i'm a bit okay. a bit of a psycho which Are is a you? great person should we all be uh, scared right now <laughs> no of course not but you know you need that as a surgeon you yeah. know you need to be very focused very super confident um focusing on yourself you know at the top of the the mountain you know, having that cape floating behind you, you know, that sort of Superman or Superwoman mentality. And you need that as a surgeon because, you know, you want to get the best results for your patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, you put a lot of faith into a surgeon, right? I mean, you're trusting yeah. them with your life. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you've got to have that faith in yourself. Yeah, that's true. A lot of it starts with the mind yeah. so can you introduce yourself in kind of your own words so people get what you're all about and what your passion is well i'm a bit of a dark horse i mean the, the thing is i don't know who i am yet you know i'm still kind of working it out Interesting. so yeah so i'm i'm still sort of finding myself and but essentially i was born in iraq and i came to the uk at the age of four so I come from a very religious and political Iraqi family. Mm -hmm. um, my grandparents are uh, well-known preachers, religious preachers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that kind of makes my psyche up. Um, when you say uh, religion, which, which religion? Um, so Muslim from the Shia sect. Mm -hmm and um which is quite a pragmatic sect and also because it's the minority uh, in terms of the sects in in muslims we've always been a kind of rebellious group mm -hmm. you know not not very mainstream so i do consider myself not a mainstream person so i like going into the fringes and going into these sort of you know they're not so mainstream route so to speak um so yeah i mean I, I came at the age of four and the plan was always to kind of go back to iraq and um, help the people there at the time uh, the you know my family were in opposition to saddam's regime and um 
yeah, it, it's, you know, we, we, we had to flee the country. We had 54 members of our family executed because of their religious belief. So for me, you know, belief systems was really important. <clears throat> so, so, you know, I, I had a very strong belief system in myself and in my culture and in my psyche. And I grew up with that kind of immense self-belief, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, um, I think for me, the difficulty was marrying the spirituality and the materialism, you know, the East and the West. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I, I found that quite an interesting conflict um, outwards and also inwards because I had to deal with it myself. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always been involved in conflict, whether it was internal conflict between the different ideologies of East and West and materialism and spirituality and theology and, and atheism. So I've always been interested in conflict. Um, you know, plus coming from the Iraqi family, there's always beef going on, you know. <laughs> I think yeah. most families are like that, though. There's always something. Yeah, yeah. And, but I used to enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? You know, I like, I like conflict until it happens to you. And then, you know, <laughs> and then you feel shit. Well, um, our brains are hardwired to focus in on the negativity, right? That's yeah. why people love to gossip. It's why, you know, yeah. the news only will mainly sell the negative stories. We are wired to focus on the negative. That's yeah. I mean, they, that's what keeps us alive because we're in tune to the, to the conflict, to the damage, to the danger, uh, you know, that way, you know how to survive, mm -hmm. you know, you know, which is why, uh, you know, the reason why we like green and we can see so much green is because we're always fearing something coming out of the, the woods to eat oh. us up. So it's, but it's meant to be, there's all this chat about connecting with nature and it's really good for us. I mean, when I'm connecting with nature, I try not to think of someone coming to attack me. I try and think of still, of calm, of peace of connecting do you not feel that way yeah i mean that's a new thing so that's a new evolutionary thing uh-huh you know so we are hardwired to be vigilant and to be careful of everything around us mm -hmm. you know that's what made us um the dominant species on this planet for uh, for for a very very long time um but you know because our lifestyle has changed so much mm -hmm we're having to kind of reprogram what we've been programmed for, for hundreds and, and uh, hundreds of thousands of years. So, you know, that's for a, that's an interesting discussion. Um, so yeah, conflict has always been something that's part of me. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, I was a refugee here essentially because, you know, we, we had to flee the country. Um, and I guess coming from uh, an ethnic minority, you know, you do kind of feel that, you know, things are, are kind of against you and which is great for you because you just become very resilient and you become very resourceful. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I went, I went to one of the worst schools in, in North London. Um, only about five of us got GCSEs from the whole wow. year. And, um, and then, you know, I did really well in GCSEs and A-levels and I, and I got into um, St. Bartholomew's uh, Medical College in London. And it was quite interesting because, you know, I, 
I came from a low socioeconomic class here in the UK, but from Iraq, in Iraq, I was upper class, you know, because, you know, because of my background. So I had that, plus you were treated differently mm-hmm. you know, because you're not white and you're not British and, you know, you don't come from a grammar school or from Eton and stuff like that. So it was interesting to see that kind of um, labeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just made you even more driven to be successful. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was great for me because people always underestimated you. Yeah. And that's great. You know, it's, it's great to be in that position. You know, people are, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a very powerful incentive and it's a very powerful stimulus and for human you, beings. You know, you speak about East and West. Could you, were there things about the West that you loved? Because obviously, you know, materialism and there's a lot of, you know, tough parts about our culture. But what, what would you see? You what loved? I love so much about the West is that freedom of expression. Okay. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's just absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, because I came from a culture where we were essentially tortured and executed for having different belief systems. Yeah. For just having a different point of view. Yeah. So it was like a godsend being here. I thought, fuck, this is amazing. I can actually have a point of view, express it, and not be killed about it. Wow, that is pretty powerful right there. <laughs> and, and, and for a lot of us that can take that for granted, you know, I guess the fear that I was being trolled or, you know, bullied online or something like that. But this is actual life and death you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which, which gives you a very strong self-belief, you know, that you are doing the right thing because you totally believe in it, yeah. which is very powerful for you as a person. Um, in this world but that was just amazing I just couldn't believe it that that I actually can have a point of view and I can express it and obviously you know you interact with people who who disagree with you and it can get very heated and sometimes can get very violent and that's fair enough you know we're all human beings but not as in a system that systematically gets rid of you (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's just—it's scary when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and you know, I, I, you know, I'm very opinionated, and that's from my family kind of side of thing. That's just in my genes, mm-hmm. and you know, opinionated people can get a bit wacko as well. Um, We've all got it in us, you know. When when yeah. you really passionately believe in something, and someone yeah. is challenging you, it, it can be hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know, because you do have to question yourself and you do have to question your being. And that's always yeah. a difficult thing. And so, everyone has a right to say what they feel as well. Everyone has a right to, you know, express their own opinions. So yeah, I mean, you know, we have a right to insult people, really. You know, uh, the intention is not to insult them. The intention is to, you know, have have a view. Their reaction is that they get insulted. That's not my issue, really. So why do you think people get insulted? Is it our ego? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the ego, but it's, um, you know, they're still children, basically. You know, they, they haven't processed their emotions and their, uh, their insides yet. You know, they're still in their um, um, uh, stage of infancy of human development. So I think that's why they get insulted. Ah, that's that's quite a powerful point, isn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah. So we, ha yeah, we yeah. all have to do the work to evolve so that, yeah. so if, if you meet someone and they can totally, I would say I'm probably this sort of person most of the time, if someone challenges me and I spoke about it in the podcast last week, someone met me and said, you shouldn't have tattoos, you're a well-being public figure, that's not right. Um, and I, I wasn't insulted at all. I was just really interested. I said, oh, that's such an interesting opinion. Like, obviously, I disagree with it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Totally didn't impact me at all. So would you say that makes me evolved? <laughs> yeah, 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 de definitely. So, you know, if the other person gets insulted and gets angry and you sort of triggered them, essentially, you know, there's a bit of work for them to do on their side. So if we're triggered, we need to do a bit of work. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and and you know the thing with human beings is that we 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 constantly change, so not just on the physical side of things. You know, there is this kind of theory that we change totally physically every six to seven years. Mm -hmm. So JoJo seven years ago physically is different from JoJo now physically. Well, I had two kids, so yes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, even the cells that you have are totally different. So even the bones that you have are totally different. The eyes are totally different. So physically, and it's the same with your thoughts as well and your belief systems and your ideas and your mindset that is constantly evolving and that's constantly changing. So, um, you know, there is this theory that, you know, your mindset actually changes at every moment. So you're, 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 you're totally different every moment that you live in. So, you know, that's quite powerful. So when you do get triggered, it means that there is some work for you to do. And obviously, when you're triggered in one moment, it's not to say that you're going to be triggered by that same moment in a month's time or in a year's time, mm -hmm. which, which makes it great, which means that you're evolving. But at the same token, it, it means <laughs> that, you know, it's pretty shit. That means you've got to keep doing a lot of work on a constant basis. So you're never the finished article. So talk to me about people that, well, what stops us from evolving? So say something happens to you and a year later you react the same. And we all know those people that just keep reacting. Like the opposite of mindful is that chaotic reacting. It's yeah, like yeah. So, I mean, I'm a pretty simple individual because I think having studied medicine and surgery and also all these other things, it gets very complicated. So I, I like to simplify things. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I'm a fan of simplify, simplifying everything, really. And, you know, in my book, uh, Physician on Fire, you know, I, I try and simplify everything into, um, uh, you know, simple sentences. And so, you know, uh, what I call hyderisms, which is basically my piss take of, um, you know, religion and philosophy, really, because I love to take the piss out of everything. I think that's one of the best ways to, to sort of um, get your head around everything um so i like to simplify things and you know for me um we can boil it down to two things uh, faith and fear so a lot of the things that keep us trapped in life is because we are fearful mm -hmm. and um, you know we get in this fearful mindset and i think once you flip that to a faith and you know coming from a faith-based background you know I, I think faith is is very powerful and i think faith is very very evolutionary and i think faith is very progressive so if we can flip that um outlook and mindset and thinking process from fear to faith mm -hmm. it allows us to sort of go on to the next stage of uh, our development 
Because um, we're open, we're more open-minded. You know, if you live a yeah. life with faith, you have an open mind, you, you have yeah. more trust. Mm. It feels lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. if you're living in fear, your shoulders are tight. Yeah. You're tense. You're, and there's a lot of chat about the law of attraction. So you, some people listening may not have a faith in a higher power, but well, well it's the universe. They don't really know if they believe in God, but they believe in a higher power. And yeah. they would say that, you know, you manifest things. And yeah. that does make sense. You know, if you, like when I, before I published my book, and um, before my book was published last year, there was no doubt in my mind that I wouldn't have a book out and that it wouldn't have an impact. Like I, I just walked around like it was going to because I put the work in, I was passionate about my message. And I, there was just, that was just the way it went and that's the way it manifested or the way it happened. Um, so I think if you have a positive outlook and you have faith that things are going to work out, yeah, I don't really know why they can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a different mindset. I had a fearful mindset. So when I was writing my book, um, I had a totally different mindset. You know, I was sort of fearful. I thought it was pointless and you know, who's going to read this and what benefit is it, is it going to do to people? And I actually went through a really bad burnout and depression, even suicide, just actually writing the book. Wow. So, so I was totally different to you. I was in that, in that place of fear. And, um, and, and it wasn't until someone sent me an email, you know, I, you know, I sent out the beta version to, to a few friends and I was, I was in total fear. And then I got an email from um, a doctor colleague and it literally said, I read your book and it saved my life. Wow. And, and, and that really changed it for me. And I thought, fuck, you know, this is, um, you know, I need to get it out there because it, it, you see, see what, what happened for me? I had a lot of faith that I knew where my life was going towards, which was going back home to Iraq. I mean, I couldn't go because of the political situation Then Saddam disappeared. And then there was a chance for me to go back. Mm -hmm. So then I did go back. This was in 2004. And it was like, oh my God, you know, this is my life's um, calling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I left my NHS job in 2005 and went back to Iraq, um, southern Iraq. That's where I'm from, in Negev. And, yeah, it was amazing. You know, I was saving sight, doing operations, helping people. Um, and I had faith that I was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I ran out of money, <laughs> which, uh, which isn't a good idea. I mean, you know, you, you can be altruistic to a certain extent, but you still need to make some money. Mm -hmm. um, so then I came back in 2006 and I set up a charity called Al Hassan Foundation. And yeah, I'll be going back to Iraq every six months doing work operations and so on. And then we got some good funding from uh, the UK government and the US Army, uh, which was uh, interesting. Um, and then in 2010, I sort of sold up here in the UK and, and went back to Iraq and, um, and at the time I had wife and two kids, uh, you know, my wife's, uh, Iraqi. So, um, but I still had that drive and that faith 
that I was doing the right thing. And then while I was there, after about a year or so, I thought, do you know what? This isn't me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I lost my mojo basically. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, hmm. And, and really for, for me, what I was seeing was the, you know, the social and the economic uh, problems in the country which could have quite easily been solved by my ideological identity. But the reality wasn't happening on the ground. So I was seeing a lot of hypocrisy and contradiction. um, And that was questioning my faith. So, yeah, I mean, essentially I lost my faith. And, you know, that was my identity, essentially. Yeah. So I was in this kind of lost place really um outwardly i was successful obviously you know helping uh, thousands of iraqis regain their sight you know for them i was their savior um and you know outwardly i was this successful surgeon from london uh, helping the iraqis in a war zone so you know outwardly i was this inspirational figure but inside i was Essentially, there's nothing there. It was all, it was all dark, and and there's no spark. So, um, but I wasn't willing to <laughs> accept it, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, because outwardly, I was fine. You know, I, I had all the materials. I had, you know, everyone were were happy, and I was being respected. Blah blah blah. Um. Yeah, so this went on for about a, a year and a half, year and a half, and um, miserable, put on lots of weight, um, and then a friend of mine came along uh, from the UK, Iraqi guy, and he said, mate, you look fucking miserable, what's, what's going on, mate? And I was like, well, I'm just not happy, it's, it's not what I thought it would be, or at least, well, I've changed inside, you know. I've changed my, I don't have that faith anymore, um, which is a really dark place to be in. Mm-hmm. It's a really yeah. dark place when, you know, you, you think you know what you're doing and, and, and it's right for you, but it's not. It turns out that it's not right for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then he said, mate, why? <laughs> he said, why don't you see a life coach? And I was like, what the fuck is a life coach? life coach fuck you know fuck that kind of thing that was the the initial reaction because you have this image that you know life coaches are for i don't know you know for horses or or for weak people or Mm -hmm. for you know people that can't handle it essentially that's their ego talking isn't that well yeah i mean it was all ego for me it was all ego for me so um you put me in touch with um with a nice uh coach from canada and um you see because at the time i had a very narrow perspective mm-hmm. you know i had a faith-based perspective and then that wasn't giving me all the answers anymore mm-hmm. you know i'd sort of moved on from that mindset i mean what it was, was the fine one block? like what was the one point where you just thought I, i'm not getting the answers was it seeing the suffering and the pain yeah, so, you know, I couldn't reconcile the contradictions, the ideological contradictions anymore. You know, whereas before, 
yeah, you know, that's fine. Just deny it. And then I couldn't deny it anymore. You know, that these um, logical answers that I have in my head is not working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And I can't deny that. I can't deny my truth anymore. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, this isn't my truth anymore. Mm-hmm. I've got to move on. So I was stuck in that kind of mindset or paradigm. Uh, and then when I saw the coach, he basically just changed my perspective. Okay. You know, he got me to sort of think outside the box. Okay. And he said, well, you know, do you think there are other alternative perspectives in this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, have you, have you thought about looking into this and looking into this history and looking into this uh, way of thinking and looking into this philosophy? And, um, and then I was introduced into podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, just listening to other people's perspectives. Yeah. And just getting out of my head mm-hmm. and learning about other people's uh, experiences. Because I thought I was unique, you see. I thought, you know, I was unique. I thought I was special. And I was sort of trapped in this, you know, oh, yes, I know it all kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I went from a position of certainty to a position of uncertainty. Um, it was liberating, but then it was scary at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because I went from a position of, yeah, I knew it all. I knew what was going to happen to me in this life and the next life mm-hmm. to a position of, right, fuck, you know, what do I do now? And um, so it, it, it kind of got a lot worse rather than better because I got really confused. Yeah, understandably. And, and um, so I did come back. And, and I think, you know, when you've sort of been bottling stuff up for a long time, and then it all comes gushing out. Mm-hmm. And when it does go, come gushing out, you, you, you have no control of what's, what the consequences were. Mm-hmm. So that was really scary because I had no control of, of my consequences. Mm-hmm. And I did go spiraling down very quickly. Um, so, you know, I had relationship difficulties with the wife, the, uh, uh, the parents, siblings. Um, you know, a real kind of confusion state. Um, and I just kept searching for, well, it was quite interesting because I was, I was searching outside for the answers mm-hmm. and that probably didn't give me enough answers. And then I realized that actually I need to go within mm-hmm. and find my own answers in this rather than looking for the answers outside. Um, yeah, so I started looking in, and then I, I realized that most of my problems came from my own stories. Very common theme in a lot of people I speak yeah. to. Yeah. Stories yeah, so, we carry with us. Yeah, so I realized that it was all stories. Um, I, I realized that, that it was stories that made me and stories that broke me. Mm-hmm. So I started writing all these different stories and then I realized the pattern and then I started formulating ways of 
of addressing these uh, stories that made me stressed and burnt out and you know, made me lose my mojo. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's how I uh, wrote the book, really. It's like, okay, uh, it's this story, and this is what I learned from this story, and then relating it to, um, <clears throat> you know, how we can get out of burnout and, and stress. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting re- revelation, really. Wow. And did the coaching follow on from that then? Because you work with a lot of people to help them with burnout. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I was a, um, uh, coachee for, for many coaches and, um, and it was actually the first one, the first coach that I saw, uh, the guy from Canada, you know, he implanted the idea that I was a good coach. He said, mate, you're a really good coach. You should consider becoming a coach. Mm-hmm. So, um, he implanted the idea and, um, yeah, so I sort of started training and coaching and, and sort of, I, I realized I was good at making or allowing people to be calm and allowing people to be calm. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of make them relaxed and calm down and, you know, get out of their funk and their and their stress, I have that kind of effect on people. So um, it just uh, you know allows them to to come back to a steady state and allow them to go within and find their answers. Because a lot of the time we get stuck in our heads too much. Yeah, yeah. But what, when you say go within, do you mean come out of the heads, like the overthinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So leave the head and and come down towards the heart. Mm-hmm. So do you have certain techniques that you use or tips for people that are really burnt out right now? Well, I'm quite an intuitive individual, so I can see a person and look them in the eyes and know what, what they need mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only generalize really uh, for people listening, but you know, we do have the answers, but it takes one thing. Actually it takes two things. It takes courage. Mm-hmm to sort of stop what you're doing and listen to, to your insides. Mm-hmm. Um, and how can you become courageous? Well, you know that you have to be courageous. Mm-hmm. You just know it. You know, there, there comes a time in your life where you just have to stand up and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't let it continue. And what's that spark that makes them courageous? I don't know. I think it's probably the universe's timing. Yeah. You know, the universe telling you, yes, it's time for you to, to be courageous and stand up for yourself. Yes. So courage is one thing. And the other thing is truth. Mm-hmm. Being truthful to yourself. So if you're, and you have that gut feeling, you know, what you were mm. saying about your faith, you were, yeah. You you didn't you felt that you were at a point that you weren't being true to yourself anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which which means I had to be courageous and stand up for myself against everything else. And that's so hard because if you're brought up that way and all your family are yeah, following yeah. that path, you're not just yeah. challenging your own beliefs. You're challenging all those. Yeah, my my own existential existence is going against you know. Uh, you see. <laughs> 
at the end of the day, you're made up not just of yourself, but of your ancestry as well. Mm -hmm. So there comes a time in your life where you do have to go against that ancestral psyche. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone is going to be in that situation, you see. You know, this isn't for everyone. Mm -hmm. They're going against the whole grain. But everyone will come to a point in life where they have to stand up and be courageous and listen to the inner truth. Mm -hmm. and they know and it, it's not just religion as well and faith. It's, you know, you may have been raised to believe that people are a certain way, but it's not your belief. It's a parent's belief. Well, you know, let's come down a bit more. You know, we're here we're talking about relationships. We're talking about careers. We're talking about um, places you're in. You know when it's time to stand up, be courageous and move on. Mm -hmm. you know forward things in life you know we don't need to get too <laughs> you know heavy about this um but you come in a point in life when you know you have to stand up mm -hmm. and move on and, and you know by you know what that is yeah like, ab absolutely and and you know when you do that you get your bloody mojo mate <laughs> you know it just you just uh, become alive now, it's not fun, it's not great, um, it's painful, but you have to go through that in order to become, in order for it to be fun and lighthearted and so on. You know, you have to go through that pain barrier, that yeah. difficulty. Mm -hmm. But on the other side is, is uh, are we still there? Yeah, I can hear it. On the other side? Yeah, so on the other side is the fun stuff. Yes, and that's the thing. You just need to... So do you, at what point did you feel you were coming back out of that dark hole? I think after I got my book out and I was seeing the reactions that, that, that people were giving me from reading the book, mm -hmm. you know, I sort of realized that you know, I'm, I'm coming out of the dark and you know, finding some light now. Yeah. And, um, what, what was the most powerful or some of the most powerful reactions you had? So, you know, that email saying that you saved my life, that was, um, that was the most powerful thing really. And, um, uh, yeah, people, I mean, some doctors were going through a lot of difficulty and some of them were, um, you know, being imprisoned for, for um you know crimes and um yeah them contacted me saying that you know i've i noticed what i did and yeah. you know and that was quite powerful you know mm -hmm. seeing someone who did something really bad in a position of power and authority mm -hmm. and then coming to that realization that you know they need to change and become and it, better. And was it fear you believe that drove them to do that thing they knew was wrong or what, what, what makes people, cause we all make mistakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I mean, I think, um, uh, yeah, fear. Definitely. I think, you know, we sort of, uh, we ride on that, um, ego maniac, 
uh, animal or monkey or whatever you want to call it. I call it a monster. Uh, yeah, the monster. Yeah, yeah. You sort of ride on that monster, and you know you fear to get off and and uh, 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 get on a different ride. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Get on, get on the mojo train. <laughs> yeah, get on the mojo train. Yeah, get on the mojo train. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting how um, you know we get on these different. Uh, monsters or trains and so on and then we get it you know to a destination in which we think do you know what <laughs> I don't, don't want to be here <laughs> how did I get here yeah yeah it's not a nice place to be is it <laughs> no I mean it's not nice and you know that that's why we have addictions and that's why we have um, certain habits that just make things worse um, you know it is related to to pain and fear and you know we we have all these different methods to to suppress the pain and suppress the the fear, but it's just there um, but you do have to um get off it and listening to intuition that's just you know that's just massive and you know we 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 all have that ability within us, and you know the more you listen to it and the more you accept it and the more you uh, go to sleep with it essentially you know the better you are at you know keep making those decisions mm -hmm. um, and the great thing about life is is that it's made up of so many small uh, moments so that you know you can really concentrate on those moments rather than you know getting on that monster and taking us to places that are very dark um, so for people with addiction living with addiction Mm. that that want to get out of it and there's so many different addictions out there you know the latest addiction people speak about is screen addiction nomophobia um whatever the addiction is you believe it, it and i'm in agreement it's sort of like a mask for and it but it's masking our intuition isn't it yeah yeah so you know when you've lost the balance and you're in that point what would you say to someone who who wants to and it sort of set themselves free but it's just so programmed to keep doing this destructive activity whatever it may be yeah so an an important word when it comes to addiction is shame so i think if you can realize that there is this concept of shame that you've attached to the addiction mm -hmm. so you know if you can realize that and find a way of reducing the shame of that addiction mm -hmm it reduces that dependency on that addiction. Okay. So shame is a big thing. So if you can realize it and find ways of reducing the word and concept of shame away from the addiction, the addiction becomes less binding, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So people are doing it to punish themselves. Well, you know, the... the um, let's call it the mind or or the monster the monster has created a connection between the addiction and shame mm -hmm. okay which is normally perpetuated by uh people and society and culture and so on so mm -hmm. you know you have that trap yeah so you need to come to the realization that shame is playing a big part in this perpetuating oh so, um it's taking 
shame out of the equation makes a massive uh, advancement in you getting rid of the addiction because at the end of the day human beings are always addicted to something you know that's just the way we are you know that's our kind of default our default is having a belief system mm -hmm. of any sort and also at the same time we do habits to support that belief system okay and then if you attach some kind of the concept of shame to it becomes a proper addiction. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing, removing shame out of the equation. Then you need to see a therapist to, to, to dismantle why you have that addiction in the first place. You know, what is it that you're trying to avoid? What, what is it that you're trying to suppress? What are you trying to um, repress? You know, what is it that's in your psyche that you're trying to avoid? Right. And, that all, and that all needs to come out. That needs to come out either with a therapist or through books or through meditation or through reflection or through um, uh, dreams. But you need someone, either yourself, if you're good enough internally, um, or a therapist to dismantle what, what are the stories inside of you that yeah. you haven't processed wow. um so that's really important and then once you've done that um you need better habits afterwards mm -hmm. and you know we have good habits and bad habits and if we can have more good habits than bad habits then you're kind of winning okay and it takes a bit of time to try and install the good habits from simple things like drinking more water to moving more to, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, habits, habits take time. And, um, but you need to attach something that's, that's, you know, fun and enjoyable and uh, raises your spirits to that habit. Mm -hmm. You know, you always need to attach something to, to that habit. And you need to attach a story as well to that habit. You know, have a have a have a constant story with that with that habit that you yeah. want to instill. Yeah. So have something that's that's um, has a story, has an emotion attached to it, <clears throat> and and has some kind of physicality attached to it as well. Okay. You know. Can you give uh, me an example of something that you found with a story attached to it that's helped? So, you? for example, water. <laughs> you know, drinking regular water. Mm -hmm. You attach a story of how um, you once were swimming. Um, I'm just making it up here. You know, swimming in the local pool, and you met a really, really interesting and sexy man that you had a wonderful relationship with, and it was rosy and it was great. And that's related to the to the swimming, uh, related to the water, and it just becomes that much more powerful for you to relate to. And you're more likely to keep going with that with that good habit. Yeah. Um, so you do have to be quite um, uh, uh, purposeful about it, mm -hmm. and you need to add some kind of cognitive attachment to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. As well as the emotional side of things, and then you know the more the the more connections you put put onto it, the more likely you are to to continue with that with that good habit. Um, 
uh, and you know, if you can have more good habits than bad habits, then then you're going in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. And, and what about someone who's really burnt out of work? They like their job, but they feel they have no choice but to work crazy hours. And that's going to get, they don't want to leave their job, but that's going against their truth. Yeah. I mean, you'd, if you've realized that, then, then that's amazing. That's really good. That means you're on the path to, to having a better work environment okay so you know that's that's the first thing you've realized that you're um there's something going on that needs to be fixed mm-hmm. um you need to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. and uh speak to someone that you trust whether it's at work or outside work and um really explain to them what's going on mm-hmm. you know what is it about work that, that that's just not working mm-hmm. um and 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 really delve down into your story mm-hmm. about what exactly is going on mm-hmm. and um you need to confide in someone that you trust uh and you know i would say someone that's sort of independent as well mm-hmm. um just to have a different perspective yeah and um and i i would say take your time Mm-hmm. you know i'd I'd say take your time about this and you okay. know really really delve down and and um talk about it really talk about it yeah it's important because, because... i mean it, yeah i mean i mean at the end of the day your happiness is such an important thing now when i say happiness i don't mean you know uh lovey-dovey rah-rah you know that kind of happy clappy stuff but you know contentment essentially you know, I think being contented is like in, in life is is due to us. You know, I know life is difficult, and I know life is a lot of pain and suffering, mm-hmm. but I think we deserve to be contented. Mm-hmm. I think it's that I think everyone deserves well-being. Yeah, yeah. You know, a certain level of well-being, de- definitely. I mean, I, I guess coming from a you know f- uh, from a uh, background which has experienced so much suffering. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy being level, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, you know, may, may, maybe I look at uh, a glass that's, you know, totally empty is empty <laughs> rather than full of air or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, um, you see, it's different coming from an Eastern background because, you know, we, 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 we sort of um, accept that life is pretty difficult kind of thing. And I, and, and, and I guess when you, when you haven't seen a lot of suffering in your life, you know, it, it just makes that dynamic a bit more difficult to, to appreciate, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, we, we do have it really good here. Amazingly good. And in these situations, it is a kind of a, a negative story generating, mindset that that we have in our heads which we just need to get out of yeah and then and then just realize how amazing we have it here yeah you know, it is pretty and be really present of that as well like being mindful of the little yeah. things as you see yeah and then you know going back to your question about the person having difficulty in their job they love their job and yet you know they know that there's something wrong it's normally something really really i mean you know we call it simple obviously for them it's sort of a major issue in their lives but it's sort of getting out of your head and into someone else's 
perspective. Mm-hmm. And that gives you that space for you to see yourself in a different light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that changes your perspective of things. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's been a fascinating conversation. Lots cool. of good lots of good advice. What so what makes you happy right now then? You're you're Well, being of- with you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um I like uh giving people mojos actually. Mm, it's a good feeling, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it's a good feeling. And uh, you know, I, I've I've always been a kind of cheerleader for other people. You know, I I, I find that really, really stimulating and uh, uh, motivating. And to be honest, I, I like making fun of people. I find that really having fun. <laughs> I like making fun of myself. Like I actually say, I say in my book, I invite you to have a laugh on me and my issues because laughter yeah. is a great form of therapy. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I mean, I've always been into. Um, uh, comedy and and uh, comics and um, and I've I've realised I've, I've got to make fun of myself first before making fun of other people. <laughs> well, not everyone's able to take the joke. Some people can take it. Um, yeah, I know, I know. There are certain individuals that that can, but yeah, I mean, I do have a lot of laughs and at work I'm really serious. And um, I've only got a couple of bosses uh, on top of me. So those are the only people I can't be too uh, jokey with. <laughs> I'm <laughs> but sure, they, but they're humans at the end of the day. So you think? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I am pretty lighthearted with them. I, you know, I think the thing for me is, is, um, you know, finding the lightheartedness in every situation is, is, is a really great way of, uh, of uh, getting through this. And, yeah. um, you know, um, uh, you know, I don't want to get too dark, but you know, we're not gonna, it's not, you know, I, I say it doesn't get better, but you get better basically. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> we're being renewed daily if we're open to it. <laughs> yeah. And something but I think, that you helped. know, you know, having these discussions are uh, sort of amazing and you know, that that's why I um, did my podcast because you get to sort of meet really, really interesting people and listen to their perspectives, listen to their stories, listen to their lives and listen to the way that they've, uh, um, you know, found uh, their source of motivation and mojo and energy and, and upliftment. And it, it just allows you to keep going and keep doing your thing. Yeah, you're focusing on all the really positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's lots of negative stuff out there, and you know, you know, there's more negative stuff than positive stuff. And as you said, you know, we 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 talked about this earlier. You know, the brain really focuses in on the negative because it's uh, evolutionary development that we've had uh, in order to stay uh, alive. But now, you know, we we know we're not gonna die anytime soon. So you know, we 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 need to, we need to have fi- find ways of just thriving a bit more as well yeah absolutely thriving that's what we're here to do let's thrive yeah, yeah. a bit more thrive yes. away guys yes jump, jump around thrive away jump around and i always ask people it's slightly harder on zoom to do the song but it'd be good to know your favorite song and i'll i can play us out in a separate recording so what is your favorite song or a favorite song i don't have one favorite song i have about a million favorite songs <laughs> i like uh young b jumanji Young B. Young B, yeah. 
yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll look that one up after and I'll, I'll play it out when I do the recording. But um, Lovely. it's been amazing chatting to you. Thank you for bringing all your wisdom and your energy and your honesty. And um, where can people come and find you? Yeah, so you can check my website. It's the thethirdeyedoctor.co.uk. And you can check my book out, Physician on Fire on Amazon. And uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but if you go to my website, it's all there. It's all and there. Uh, also check out my uh, podcast, Surgical Spirit. So we have love the name. I mean, it's yeah, Surgical Spirit. So um, we have a lot of doctors on there, and you know we sort of talk to their spirit, and you know a bit of a kind of a, a spirituality tone to things. Love yeah. that, love that. Well, thank you so much. You're a star, and keep inspiring. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, burnout doctor, I really enjoyed that. It was quite deep, wasn't it? This song's a bit saucy. Oh, dear. Damn is a fancy. She knows just what she came to do. She want to live like Jamandi. Girl, you know I got just a place for you Oh, from hips to the waist, you know Got loving your ratio Let me grip on and take control Ring on the radio Oh, you know what direction So your body's a blessing Honey, girl, you got my attention Well, I put that body through some testing Ring, ring, boom, the hands free Puffing girl, the shanty I sing, sing like the Grand Prix She fling thing up, oh dear Damn, things extra fancy She know just what she came to do She wanna live like Jumanji Girl, you know I just got the place for you Oh, we could kick it for the night, yeah Do a little something with a vibe, yeah Couldn't work with me, don't shine out Come on, yeah, sooner we keeping me guessing, yeah so your body a blessing, your body is a blessing My attention, whoa, I put that body to some testing Ring me bomb the hand free, but vanilla shanty Zing zing like the Grand Prix, she fling fling, oh dear Doctor, what sort of song are you making me sing here? Cheeky, to do, she wanna live like Jumanji Girl, you know I just got the place for you so let me bring down the lighting. All right. I'm, I'm glad this is like an adult-only podcast. And I got the icing. Now I got you igniting. Really hitting the spots like you're liking. Swear the big bad and frightening. Bring your man while there's a right. Too much sauce for one night. Buffing like a shanty. I zing zing like the Grand Prix. Fling fling off the beat. Everything's extra fancy She know just what she came to do She wanna live like Jumanji Girl, you know I got just a place for you Subscribe now for more videos Woo!